Welcome to the Strategy with Jason podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, hey, what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me in another episode of Strategy with Jason. Today, I have a very special guest. I have the one, the only, the oh-so-famous Zach McVicker with me. What's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on? You said it right, man. Congrats. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, I, I, I had to practice that one just a few times in my head to make sure I was like, I'm going to say it wrong. I'm going to say it wrong. I'm going to say it wrong. No, but you get that a lot, though, right? Don't you? <laughs> Hey man, I'm super excited to jam with you. We got a few really cool topics. I mean, hell, some of these topics could be entire podcasts. It's just on their own, but we're going to do our best to kind of keep this down into that 35 minute range. And we want to say thank you to everyone for joining us. This is going to be a lot of fun. But before we get into our topics, I love to kick off our podcast with a little origin story because I'm always fascinated how people get into this crazy little world we call the automotive industry. So, Zach, what is the origin story of how you got started in the car business? Oh, man. Yeah. So, for me, uh, appreciate it, man. Excited to jam with you likewise as well. Yeah, I uh, life hit me a little early, man. So, I started, uh, graduated high school two months later. I was selling cars. Uh, that's when I had my son, uh, my first child. And so, yeah, car business was was the first thing I got into. And, uh, and I stayed in it for almost over a decade now. But yeah, straight out of high school, man. It started early for me. And so I haven't, I haven't looked back since and built till now, right? So the other side, but uh, early, early in life. <laughs> yeah, you know, but this business is one of those businesses, right? Like it, it gets into your blood and it's under your skin and it's just, you can't get it out. It's, it just sucks you back in once you think you're out, right? Um, I'm curious. So, so what, what was your, what was your first position at the dealership? Yeah, no, so I started selling cars right off the bat. And so it was for a very small town uh, city dealership, a GM she- or Chevy, uh, Chevy store anyway. And again, it was, I mean, I grew up in a, a very small town. It was called Gas City. And so that's kind of everybody loves the name, obviously. It's just a different name. But yeah, I started selling cars. I did that for a year and, and really um, wasn't, really wasn't uh, jiving with the, uh, just the, the, the people, the atmosphere. And so I actually left there and I went and um, worked for a Pinsky dealership that actually was the number one dealer in the state, um, 15 years running. And so, uh, yeah, started off, I, I was fortunate. I started off fortunate with uh, some really good opportunities, some really, really a great company and some great people. Um, but yeah, there was a small town Chevy store, salesperson. I love small town Chevy store. You know what's funny is that was actually my first job too. I actually, my first job was at a Chevy store. Um, and I remember... My manager, his name was Greenberg. I actually can't even remember his first name. I only remember his last name. Um, but uh, the reason I remember him so, so well is every day for lunch, he would bring in these jalapenos uh, that he grew at his house, right? And he would just eat them just raw, just just like chomp on them like a freaking carrot. And I would just, you just sit there and watch him just, uh, he'd be sweating and a little, and a little teary-eyed. And he'd do this every day to himself. He was a great mentor though, but you know, I, I'm sure like, like, like me, you've probably had some, some great, some great managers and maybe some not so great managers probably learned a lot about what you are supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. And you know, that that's a great segue kind of into our first topic is, is really around a communication inside of a dealership. Uh, gosh, man, there are so many different directions we can go here, but it's still, it's, a, it blows my mind that it is, you know, 2022 now, and we are still, still 
you know, having, you know, conversations around how to better our communications efforts. It's like, you got the, you got the parts department over here. You got the service department over there. You got the sales department over here. And they're like islands where their communication back and forth to each other is like smoke signals. Hey, yes. how's it going? What's oh. your month like, you know, but I'd love to kind of get your thoughts. If we could kind of identify maybe like two or three strategies, all right, mm-hmm. of how we can better those communication efforts, what would you say your, you know, number one would be? Yeah, I think, I think first is just um, making it easier. You know, I think it's not easy right now. It is that's the reason why I think the communication, there's communication gaps within a dealership because every department has ran like an asylum, right? They ran as like it's all their own affiliate, uh, their own, their, their own business. And mm-hmm. so uh, making it easier, connecting people in an easier way, I think is the first thing uh, as, a, as a topic. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's dive, let's dive a little bit de- into that. Cause I think, you know, look, I'm with you. Let's, let's make it easier. Right. Well, what do you think some of the roadblocks are right now? Um, you know, I'm thinking one off the top of my head and then I'd love to kind of get your thoughts too, is, you know, uh, we have meetings with departments, so they're not collective meetings. They're not group meetings. It's like, I just talked to a GM friend of mine who literally just before we got on today's podcast. And I said, what are you in right now? Well, I got to meet with my marketing team. And then after that, I got to meet with the service team. And then after that, I got to talk to my F and I department. I'm like, it's so segregated. So how, you know, yes. how do you think we can kind of overcome that? How do we start creating this collectiveness? Yeah, I think that's the, the collectiveness. I like that word, Jason, actually. I think that's the best way to say it. It's, you know, we have meetings for meetings. Um, I always uh, joke about and say, and, and we've got to figure out a way to, to keep the communication consistent. And so the consistency between that, where we, we, the longer we have to, we, we look to find at the same time we have to come together and we have to come together in the same place right that is not making communication easier so finding ways to 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 keep the connection open and to set the or to establish that consistent communication like throughout the day not within a meeting that i feel like is is going to be when i say easier making it easier and so not to try to figure out the same time and the same place to come together um is is the first one for me anyway kind of elaborate on that a little more yeah no look i i'm with you i think you got to have a place and I'll be honest with you. If you're looking to better the communications, if you can, don't do it at the dealership. You know, there's just, there's so much going on. It's like, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a meeting, multiple departments and how often that department gets pulled out of that meeting because they have to deal with the operations of it, you know? Um, But I find sometimes we think about creating, you know, communications and bettering our culture, you know, around communications. And it seems like our strategy is, well, let's take the entire team out for um, bowling and beer and wings. You know, that's not very strategic though. Uh, Look, don't get me wrong. I think it's great, you know, but I think we can get a lot more strategic about, you know, how we get the dealer, how we get the different departments to communicate with each other. And then I think there's better ways to do it too, but I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on, you know, how, you know, strategically, how do we get them to start, you know, talking and communicating more with each other? Yeah, so I, th- I think the first thing, that's a great question too, because we've got to really start working more consistently on the same projects, right? Where we have to stop mm-hmm. running our business, in my opinion, where it's just the parts department, right? Or it's just the service department, or it's just the sales department. We've got to, like, moving into the new time and age, like we have got to work together on projects together. We got to bring ideas together. And when you create new projects that everybody's working on together, that I think indirectly is going to create that new, that new communication because it's a consistent thing that they're doing. They're not just coming together talking about ideas. 
they're action plans, right? We're creating action plans where now the service director has got to work with the general sales manager or the parts manager has got to work with the internet department. And so when you create these new consistent ongoing projects, indirectly that they're going to have to talk together more because when you create the action plans and you set it apart where you set up where once we come back together, we're going to have X, Y, and Z done, right? We're going to figure out X, Y, and Z. And so really utilizing everybody's ideas more, everybody's capacity more, and not specifically just drill down to what their job title is, right? Yeah, because exactly. I think everybody brings so much more to the table than we haven't realized. You know, I, I, I used to have this meeting, and I think you'd get a kick out of it. And um, I, I started it uh, just just totally out of fluke. There wasn't necessarily an operational cold objective behind it. It was you know, with the intent to start building some closer culture and some connections, and some communications. But the byproduct was quite amazing. And I called them the little things meeting. And mm-hmm. it was a meeting for all departments to come together and not necessarily discuss the big stuff. Because the big stuff as a team or even as a department, they were handling that stuff. You know, if like if it was a big issue, it got addressed. If it was an HR problem, it got addressed. If it was a, a customer communication problem, it got addressed, right? But I was looking for the little things because, you know, I think to me, the employee experience and the customer experience is truly defined not by big things, but by little things. I mean, that's how everybody remembers it. You know, your last transaction, the reason it was so memorable is because of a little thing or a couple different little things. And, you know, I, that really strengthened the the, the communication you know, with among the dealerships, because we're just little things like how we answer the phones. Yes. Yeah. And I think that, I think that goes into it more as well as like, we've got to set those environments up where that's possible, right? We've got to allow our people to feel comfortable enough to bring in new ideas because they see things or recognize other people and ideas and, and, and really giving them where do they go to, right? Who do they go to? Where do they go to? Why is it important for them to come forward? And then once that does happen, we got to recognize it, right? We got to benefit from it and we got to tell people about it. And so, you know, setting up that again environment where that is possible, but also is encouraged. And then when it does happen, recognizing it, that's, that's, I feel like when it happens a lot more consistent because there's a reason now, right? Yes. You have to, you have to, you have, people have to understand why. I think too many times we don't explain and communicate the why behind things. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what your thoughts are on that. No, that's, no, that's- I like, I, I, I like, I like to finding the why. And you know what? Look, everyone has to take ownership of, you know, of, of the why. Look, we all know what we do. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> right. we, 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 we move metal and we service metal. All right. Um, and for the most part, I think everybody knows how we do it. <laughs> I don't know. Some dealerships I go to might be questionable. Um, <laughs> no, um, but, but I, I think you're onto something here. I, I, I think identifying why we do it, the way we do it, all right, uh, really does open a place to have some very open, transparent communications. And I love the fact that you said, you know, look, I've been in a lot of meetings where I don't think they're safe places to say what I want to say. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, like I've been there, right? Um, now, p- me personally, I've never had that problem because I will literally say whatever the hell I want to say. Um, but, 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 but I'm with you, though. I don't necessarily think, you know, I've been in a lot of management meetings. I've been in a lot of ownership meetings. You know, I don't necessarily think they are safe places. And I think a great, a great stepping stone to get to a safe place is to, you know, spend time talking about, you know, not what we do, how we do it, but why we do it the way we do it. I, th- I think can bring a lot to it. Uh, how do you feel? Do you, I mean, you think the same? 
I, I love it, man. And so I think that's that's part of honestly I go into I think the, one of the biggest reasons, the biggest problems we have we have right now is because of our generation gap, you know. And oh yeah. Perfect. Again, it, it's it's like like I said I mentioned before, I started selling cars right out of high school. You know, I was a millennial that got introduced to the car business early. Right. And so that was in 2008, right when every, I mean, that was when the last big recession has happened, got cash plunkers, all this stuff. But, you know, I was introduced to like, go and do this and do it great. Right. Don't ask why. Don't like, don't make me explain why I'm telling you, you need to do this. You need to go do this and just do it. Like, just make sure it gets done. Right. And, and, and now, and it's, it's crazy because I watched this transformation happening with all my friends as they start to grow up and, and really become, <laughs> become real true adults. Right. Um, and, and their, the, the, the technology that they've grown up with and just the social media and so much that they've allowed that, that they, they can express what their th- their thoughts are and they get affirmations yes. back, uh, at such a higher level than, than any way traditional wise. It was just traditional. I hate using, like, making them put like that traditional category, but it's like a traditional mindset that, you know, the, we've never had thousands of people that we can get affirmations from or feedback from. It's like, we have to talk to one person or a group of people and that's what we know. This new generation is completely different. Yes. I mean, they can go, they, people can blow up overnight and have a million people view whatever it is that they put out on the internet. Um, and so they get that immediate affirmation. And so because of that generation gap, I, I feel like it's probably one of the biggest reasons we have a problem within the communication within the operations today. Well, I know, look, I'm with you. I mean, look, we talked about a generational <laughs> gap. I mean, look, when I first started selling cars, and I still think this is a case for a lot of dealerships out there. Look, it's it suck it up, buttercup. It's uh, it, it's checking at the door. This is go time. And I, 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 honestly, I can't tell you how many times I've heard some statement along those lines uh, being told to another employee. Um, and and the funny thing is, I still hear some of these statements being used on a regular regular basis. But but I also think that has to do with the generational gap. All right, um, you know today's you know uh, generation of not only buyers you know but also salespeople. Okay, they're not suck it up, buttercup. Okay, they're, they're not check it at the door. All right, they they want to be They want the feelings to be acknowledged. And look, I'm not trying to say this is a bad thing. It is what it is. I don't really care what you're necessarily. You know, if you're watching and listening, you're like, oh, yeah, oh, you know, like, you know yes, fuck off. Yes. It, it is what it is, right? Let's just, right. This 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 is the generation we're dealing with. But I, I'm with you because I think we have that gap in leadership. We don't necessarily know how we deal with the new workforce, and I think you got some cool ideas on how we can, you know, you know, build that gap or you know, get closer to that gap. Yeah, I mean, look, it's not easy. Like for me. You know, I, I just feel like I'm very fortunate to be able to, I feel like I've been in like the middle of the two, <laughs> you know what I mean? I've, I'm this, the new generation in, in a way, but you know, I've learned all of the things that really makes the traditional way successful. Um, and you know, the biggest thing is those communication skills. I feel like the soft skills are what's missing this new tradition or this new generation. Um, but it's, it isn't easy. And I found myself at a point in time in my career where I was that I, I led more as a traditional way where it's like, I was the first one in, I was the last one out. It's like, I did it. I showed by example, you know, grinder. And it's like, unfortunately you, 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 you can't be, if you're a leader, you got to make sure people are actually following you. You know, that was something I learned is it doesn't matter how bad you want that your people to do it in a certain way that you know, you know, is successful. It's just, they come with a completely different perspective 
And if you don't put your pride on the side and try to figure out a way to really connect with them, one, they bring new ideas that you never even would have thought of. And this is what I realized. Two, they're people that actually will, they'll, they'll put their work in, you know, they'll bust their ass if they understand the why, right? If they're motivated enough and the motivations are more yes. different. And so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not easy. Well, it they want to, they want to work for the why. Yes. Okay. Look, I gotta be honest with you. I got no problem admitting why I got, <laughs> why I got into the car business. Okay. Make a shit ton of money. All yes. right. And do it quickly. And, 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 and that's exactly what happened. I mean, mm-hmm. I was making, cause I was practically a teenager <laughs> making six figures a year. You know, like it was stupid. It was stupid, right? Yes. Um, yeah. You know, and, and that's what attracted me. I didn't come in and work for a dealership because I wanted to embrace the culture's why and and be a part of that. Hell no. I want no. to make freaking money, you know, yes. and, and, and to a certain extent, I still think there's some people out there that exist. But, you know, no different than, let's say, in our buying process, which I think our buying process or our Yes, our buying, our sales process, or our sales process is gone, right? We have this very, you know, stringent 12 point, 10 point, 14 point sales process. We now have a purchasing process. There are two, three, four, five different ways that someone can purchase from us. It's that approach to that operational process needs to be the approach to the generational gaps that we have within within our, our staff. And it's not a one size fits all. There's just that that doesn't exist anymore. You know, there's not one way to train someone. There's not one way to develop someone. And so I would love to kind of get your thoughts um, on how we can approach, you know, these different generations from a, a training and a development perspective. Yeah, no, I think I think the first thing is we've got to realize that, you know, we, we have opportunity. Um, you know, I think that's one of the biggest things that you know, even on the other side of the table now, you know, I've, I've been in the, in the dealership operations and now as a vendor, it's like, we've got to realize that there's opportunity. Um, and I think so many times that we, we will have that knee jerk reaction is like, no, we do, we do training. Well, we develop our people. Well, well, truly when was the last time you really took a look at it and see what kind of, what kind of metrics is showing that? And especially these last two years, think about our industry, we've blown up. And does that say that we've gotten that much better or is that just because our inventory and the demand doesn't change, right? The thing is about communication gap within, I feel like within the generations, that's the same thing with our customers. And so you're talking about this, this, this selling cycle and the customer's buying process. Like we, our customers are coming in prepared for everything we've taught them over the last 15, 20 years, <laughs> right? Yes. Like they know exactly what we're going to say. They know exactly why we're, we're asking certain questions. And so that's not just a communication gap within this, the operations, but it's also a communication gap between the customers and doing things the same way that we've done for such a long time that obviously over 61% of customers feel like they're either lied to or cheated. Yes. Over 80% hate something about the car buying process. I mean, all together. So it's, uh, yeah, we, we've got to realize there's a massive amount of opportunity first um, before we're ever able to even approach fixing this problem, in my opinion. And so that's the first step. But yeah, the, uh, the communication with, we, we got to teach again, I go back to the, the soft skills, the mm-hmm. soft communication skills. We've got to understand how to read body language, how to understand facial expressions, you know, tonalities of customers, because that's, that's what I believe is missing, especially in this new generation, because again, technology, they can communicate with them uh, a messenger. They can communicate online. That's, that's what they choose to do now more than even having a one-on-one conversation. <laughs> and so like it's not just a communication gap within the sales operation, but it's it's within people. 
the people are exactly. where the generation gap is altogether. We've got to, we got to teach how to connect people better. That's, that's what I believe. A hundred percent. And I think that's and really, that's what we're talking about here. I think there's a look, I, I, there was a lot of stuff that we're dumping on everybody out there that's watching and listening. So if you take a few things from this, I love it. You know, I, I did want to kind of go, because as you were talking, you got me thinking a little bit more because I wanted to kind of revisit that. Why? Because I'm looking at like the generational gap and even just uh, bringing on new staff. Right. You know, um, we were joking a little bit about onboarding and I know you guys kind of specialize in that. And when I was onboarded, it was it was pretty much up. There's the brochures. There's the keys. Don't come into my office unless yes. you got a deposit or a credit card. That's it. Yeah. Like that, that was that was the end of it. Right. But I, I think now onboarding processes have to be so much better just more in depth. And, and I want to revisit that why, because I think it's for someone to embrace our why we need to understand their why, mm-hmm. you know? And I just remember I had this, this very young gentleman who, who worked for me selling cars and for a summer and, you know, things weren't quite connecting with him the first few weeks. So I got onto the floor, I sat down with him. I said, look, why are you here? All right. Why did you choose to do this? And he looked me straight dead in the eye and he says, want a jet ski <laughs> want a jet ski <laughs> I was like, well okay i mean i've heard of some before that's a unique one and he's like look man my goal is by the end of the summer to sell enough cars so that i can buy myself a jet ski i said oh you know what this is an easy one. I usually get more in depth wise. This is a pretty easy one. Let's sit down. Let's 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 actually document this out. Okay, so so what kind of jet ski is this? And and, and of course it was the blinger model. You now it had everything on it. You know, two hundred and fifty horsepower. What the hell would you need two hundred and fifty horsepower right. jet ski for? Um, <laughs> just, yes. you know. yes. So it was a good it was a good expensive one, right? And I said, look, we start breaking it down to literally how many appointments, how many conversations, how many deals he needed, so that by the end of this summer. He could get a jet ski. And I'll tell you what, I came back in, because uh, I think I was gone for a few days after that. I had to go on vacation or something. And I came back the next week and this kid was lit up. <laughs> and he actually he actually brought a, a picture framed, set it next to his desk of the jet ski. I'm like, okay, this is just ridiculous. You can't have that on your desk. But well, actually, no, I'll let you keep it on your desk. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> but the kid was lit. And and the reason I think for it was he was so jacked and ready to go is because now I understood his why he Mm -hmm. knew I understand his why. So now he could embrace my why because I can embrace his why. And, you know, but I don't think there's, I think there's some best practices in discovering someone's why. And I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on how you feel, you know, management can discover staff's why quickly and effectively. Yeah. And I love, I love that you brought that back up, Jason. Honestly, I think that's actually huge. Is because people, like, I think, like just like that gentleman you're talking about, like it, it, that's such a simple thing, right? Yeah, that's that such a simple thing for him. Um, but it's what's simple to them, right? Is is not, or what's simple to us, and we think is not so, so much simple for these these this again. And it's not just a new generation. I'm saying people in general, because technology is affecting everybody, right? But it's it's really sitting down and understanding if we can legitimately understand again, what motivates them because people are influenced by things that are completely different today than what we were influenced by in the past when we first started. Right. And for us, it was a job. We always wanted to move up. We wanted to make as much money as we possibly can. And the great thing about this business is I still think that that opportunity strongly exists. This is a great business to be in, right? This is a great industry to be in. 
And the way, and it's crazy because actually I just created a playbook not so long ago for managers on one-on-ones on how to sit down with the people, what questions to ask, how to approach these one-on-one situations. And, and it really not to say like, hey, you need your numbers up, but if you can figure out what does motivate somebody, what's important to them, and a lot of them is purpose, right? They just want to know that they're making an impact. They want to, they want to be a part of, of bigger decisions that really affects the company as a whole. And so... For us, there, there's certain questions we have to sit down and ask them, you know, like, what's important to you? You know, what, what are some things that you're trying to accomplish? And all of these conversations, these personal conversations for us as we were growing up through the business, like that, that stuff, that shit was out of here, right? Don't bring your personal life in, like leave it at the door, whatever you're dealing with. Exactly. And we, we had to deal with, like, we, we were able to talk about it with our, our spouse or our friends or people outside of the business. When you clocked in, you're there to work. Get a job done. Sales manage your cars. I mean, like you want to make as much money as you can. It's okay to say, um, but it's uh, in, in today's age, social media, technology, it doesn't stop at the door. No. And if we don't have something that our people can consistently work on during the day, right, that's going to help us drive our business forward, then how can we ever expect them to, to, to shut this off? It's not going to happen. It just is not going to happen. And so we have got to understand what motivates them. We got to understand what's important to them. And if we understand that and then we figure out and draw that path, like you just said, right, you explain how you get to that jet ski. (laughs) That's something that's not easy for them to create because if they want to know something, they Google it, right? But creating an action plan, that's not so much easy. That's not out there as far as for the car business, in my opinion. We got to sit down and create an action plan to help them accomplish what they're important to them and indirectly our business benefits. And so. Oh, it's huge. Look. As an industry, we love saying that we are in the people business. Yes. Come on. You know, put your money where your mouth is. All right. How much time are you really investing in knowing, understanding, and developing and coaching your people? You know, because I I, got to be honest with you. I almost get get a little, like, I'm like, you know, when I'm like, oh, did you really just say that? Um, Because I know how much time you actually invest, right? Like, I just, I, I, I talk to dealers. I'm just like, look, guys, you can't sit, put your money where your mouth is. Okay. And I think that there are, I mean, I'm thinking back to the, I mean, for me, this was very manual, very, very manual. Okay. Like mm-hmm. I had to document everything on paper. I had to keep everything in place. Like I, I had sticky notes. I was a sticky note monster, by the way. You literally, my screen, you have sticky notes from the bottom to the sides, up around the top and around the corners. Right. And this was just the way that I was able to kind of just manage my people and in, in their whys and just understand, you know, what motivated them. But I think technology, technology has changed in a lot of ways. So there's so many great ways that we can manage ourselves and manage our people. I mean, like I, like I live and die by this thing, man. Yes. All right. I mean, I have, I have kids time scheduled for six o'clock tonight. My phone will literally turn off every single notification. It will not accept calls and it will what? lock itself. It locks itself between 6 and 8 p.m., and I am not available to the world. My whole team knows it, okay? And it is just straight up, you know, but but, but that that's amazing. That's amazing that I can do that, and then technology allows you to do that. But I know you guys have some thoughts, and you guys even yourselves utilize, you know, technology and ways we can manage people. So let's jam a little bit about that. How do you think we can use technology to better manage people today? Yeah, I, I, think, I think we have to understand we got to embrace it um, because right? this is the thing. It's not going away. Right. It's not going away. And the, the sooner that we can jump on board and, and benefiting from it. And that's that's really what I think motivated and drives me to do what we created um, is is if we can benefit from it. Right. Let's figure out how <laughs> if we can, let's figure out and utilize it and benefit from it. And so it, it's like we're, we're living in a world where our attention, 
our attention is being sold, right? But we don't get paid for that. We don't get paid for that. We Our attention gets sold and then we get sold whatever it is that we know that, or that this company knows that we, uh, we're interested in. So if we know our attention is being sold or stolen every single day, right? Mm-hmm. We have got to compete for that. And so when I mean that, that's that engagement. And so we have got to engage our people with stuff that they're interested in, but also that stuff that challenges them. Because I think that the, one of the biggest surprises when you said that you use the word documenting, right? When you, how, how many, how much time, the last time that we documented when we sat down to develop one of our teammates and then the consistency, right? Then we have the documentation, actually the consistency of making sure that we did progress them because our business has been ran historically. I feel like off of they're going to figure it out. And this is the thing. The top 20% is always going to figure it out. But we're living in a day and age now where that, those 20% are harder and harder to find. They expect you know, a certain amount of pay, right? That we're, our pay plans have changed how many times? I, I'm sure you've seen that over the years. And it's like, because it's more competitive. And so it, it, we've, we've got to, when you say come where they're at, you're, that, that's, it's huge to you, by the way, Jason, that, that you, you have that, you know, turn, shutting it off for family time, for kids time. That's absolutely huge. So I commend you for that. But we got to come where they're at, right? we got to meet them where they're at. And we've got to do it consistently. And so we got to utilize technology to benefit us, um, especially if there are other people doing that. It's not going away. Well, a hundred percent. Look, we have to define the process and the work back towards backwards towards the technology. I find too often we look at technology as being the easy button or a quick fix or the diet yes. pill, you know, and I'm like, this is neither yeah. of that, right? If you didn't have the intent or the goal to connect with your team or communicate better with your team, you're never going to work backwards towards the technology. Yes. I have a GM right now and I love this guy. He's so great about it, but it took a little time to get the practice out of it is that he sends out a video message to his entire staff every single morning. No matter where he is in the world, no matter what he's doing, all right, most of the times it's in the car, all right, other times it's when he's on vacation, all right, but he will send out, and sometimes they're two minutes, sometimes they're a 12-minute rant, all right, (laughs) but he will take that that device, record that, and they have this great little WhatsApp group, and he posts it there, and every single morning, it's just that, you know, and I love it because he's he's, he's, uh, worked back towards technology, so like even when... And he does it in real time, and I love it, right? Let's say he hears something positive from a customer about one of his staff members, right? Instead of waiting on it or drafting an email or sending it out, all right, literally within minutes after he's, you know, someone said something nice or there was a positive, you know, remark or positive Google review, he jumps on and goes, hey, I just want to let everybody know this is what just happened. I just, you know, Mrs. Johnson came up to me and told me Jimmy in service is a rock star. Jimmy, Miss Johnson thinks you're a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, but, huge, but the whole team, the whole team sees this. And then, of course, what do you think's happening? Right? They're all patting Jimmy on the back. They're sending little high fives. They're sending their little gifs of like, you know. Yeah, like, exactly, exactly. But you, what the house is doing, though, what is that doing? That's motivating everybody in his culture, though, to do the same thing. Exactly. Because they want to be Jimmy. I don't give a shit who you are. It's like for us, even though we we're motivated by like trying to make as much money as we can, right, or, or move up and find that next position that we, uh, as far as an opportunity, like people like that affirmation. People like to be noticed and recognized. We may not, we may not, you know, react as much as other people may do. It's like, yeah, this is awesome, right? Deep down inside, we're, we feel appreciated more. We feel valued more. And so we work harder. Plain and simple. We work harder. And so to, to, to that GM, whoever that is, he's utilizing technology to his benefit. 
right? Yes. It, it's like we can sit around and complain about it. And, and when you say we, we depend on technology to be the easy thing for us, right, to just solve all of our problems, technology was, was, was a way to simplify things, in my opinion, to make it where it can happen consistently. But it still takes our effort. It still takes our commitment to that. And this is the thing. The most rewarding things in life are the hardest to get to. Sure. Right, but it's now if we can find ways to make it possible and then work towards those and work to the long term gain rather than the short term success that our business is. I mean, unfortunately, that's just the way it's created. We gotta start working towards those long term gains, and uh, that's 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 where I think we'll really start to see these the, the dealerships, the dealer operations, really pull themselves apart from their competitors because people have committed to that. That's where they'll see the biggest changes, especially in today's world that we're living in. Oh man, I, I I'm I'm so with you, right? I mean, it, it's it's like it's the, I'm gonna call it appetite, all right? Because that's really <laughs> yeah. what it is. You have to have an appetite for this, okay? Well, because yes. I look, look, Zach. Me and you can sit here until we're blue in the face, all right? And we could try to convince someone to you know work back towards technology to help manage and communicate to their staff better. Yes. But if they don't got a taste for it, they don't have an appetite for it. it ain't never gonna happen. You know, so I think if you're out there, you're watching, you're listening to this and you decide this tastes good, then you need, but, but look, it's little things. Don't be, you know, how do you eat the elephant, right? One bite at a time, you know, you take small little operational processes. All right. That already exist. We're not, not, we're not reinventing the wheel here. We don't want you to reinvent the wheel. All right. But we take little things in in the case of that particular GM that I just talked about. All right. That would have, you know, those type of, you know, affirmations would have happened once a month during the town hall meeting, you know, where everybody shoves into the boardroom, you know, and he's like, and so, and you go down this list of 45 things. And then the number 47 is, Oh, by the way, Jimmy, great job. You know, but that would have been weeks prior to it, you know, and it didn't have that same impact, you know? So look, if you're out there watching and listening, small processes, take it, own it, you know, embrace the technology, move into it. And you're just going to better both your communication, you know, and the way you manage your people. Look, uh, Zach, I I know we're getting towards the tail end of our time and we've covered some some seriously cool topics here. And we could easily, I think jam for another 30, 40 minutes on this time, on this time. But um, you know what, before I let you go though, uh, for everyone out there watching and listening, um, and would like to maybe kind of continue some of these conversations with you. All right, what, what's the best way to connect with you? Yeah, you, you can um, you can contact me. Obviously, LinkedIn is one of the biggest places we're at, but you can go to our website. Um, it's www.onboardian.com. You can learn a little more about what role we've uh, we've been created and brought to the market, which we are obviously the first to the market on a few different technologies that make what we're talking about a lot easier. Um, but or my cell phone, uh, which again you can put it up directly. And so um, we'll, uh, I'm sure you probably drop on the screen something that sure. cell phone number, the email, all that good stuff. But the website or LinkedIn are probably the two easiest ways to connect with me. Awesome, man. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me. This has been a lot of fun. You have yourself an amazing day. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it, man. Awesome time. Thanks for tuning in to the Strategy with Jason podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to check out the full podcast library at strategywithjason.com to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.